Well, good morning, everybody. We're really glad that you guys are here uh, with us. Like John mentioned, we are really glad uh, that you're here to worship with us uh, today. Uh, like we mentioned last week, we just recently moved uh, into the cafeteria here at Mark Kebble. We've been in the auditorium for the last two years. So if you are sitting down and you realize that you're in the post chair, uh, that's the chair that's directly behind a post. And if you can't see, please feel free to make the church in the valley shuffle. That's what we're calling it. I just branded that right now. So if there's chairs moving, don't bother that. It's probably somebody just moving. Uh, so you're not behind a, a post. Feel free uh, to do that. Uh, today we are launching a new series called Fools on Parade. And we're actually looking at some things that kind of go on within us uh, that can cause problems for us in life. And many times in life, we have a lot of reactions to things that we say or do. And sometimes when we say and do things that we just are frustrated with or we just kind of think, why did I do that? We have this reaction like, why did those words just come out of my mouth? Or why do I have that attitude? Or why did I do that to somebody? And there's a sense in which you hear what you say, the words come back to your brain and you cringe. Have you ever had that? You just said something, you're like, oh, you said something to your coworker, you said something to your, your friend, your roommate, your spouse, your kids. And there's just a sense in which what you said and what you did, it just came from this place and it was like a mystery to you. How, how did I do that? Why did I, I say that? And there's all sorts of things that we do in life that flow from within us. And we're not exactly sure why we do the things that we do, but we just do them. And we have lots of different reasons for that. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this series. In the Bible, there's actually descriptions of the foolish way of life. And there's really two approaches to life. There's a, a wise approach or a foolish approach. The wise approach is one that takes life seriously and decides how do I live life in the best way possible according to how reality really works. The opposite of that is, is folly, is foolishness. And that's how do I live life Really not based on reality, but whatever kind of feels good to me in the moment. And so throughout this series, we're going to be talking about the foolish way and the wise way, because you can't really talk about one without the other, because from their differences, a lot of meaning comes. But recently I was just thinking about this, this message in this series, this idea of just doing things that we're kind of surprised by. And one of the things that always surprises me is the Costco sample experience. Okay, you may call it sample. Sometimes I call that dinner. Okay, but there's an approach that I have sometimes when I go to Costco where I'm not really thinking about shopping. I'm thinking about like what time is the best time to go to get the best samples. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I tend to have that strategy. But what happens is, is you get put in a lots of different scenarios when you're looking out for the samples. And that is how good is the sample? Is the sample ready? And then how many people are in front of me? And you calculate that in your mind. You say, okay, she's got six little containers here. She has one burrito. Is she going to cut that by 12? That's an awfully small piece. She cuts it by sixes. I'm going to have less of a chance. Now, you may never have thought that. And if you haven't, then this is really embarrassing. But the fact of the matter is, when you go to Costco and you think you're going to get free food, all of a sudden... The things that are within you, it comes out. I know it does for me and I know it does for my kids. See, I have kids and one of the things I've realized having kids is you also have more scouts now for samples. (laughs) And for better or worse, I've trained them to kind of, you know, you you keep your eye on it and then you have a single, ooh, sample. And as soon as we say, where? It's like we're, you know, lions on the gazelle. Where? Wildebeest, where? 
and we go for it. And there's just all these things that you have to watch out for. People with shopping carts, people that weren't in line, they get in line. All of a sudden, all this kind of stuff starts to come out. Wait a second. Like, there's a line here. And all of a sudden, you get like it's like the DMV. Like you're supposed to line up this way and insert. But it's samples. There's no organization to it. It's first come, first serve. But that may not be true all the time, depending on the sample, how good it is. What I found is, is just all these things kind of come out. It's based on what I really want to sample. If I'm with my kids, they really want to sample. And what happens when people get in front of us and they get the sample and we don't? Now, in samples, in Costco life, it's not that big of a deal, unless it's the Philly cheesesteak <laughs> or the Angus cheeseburger. But really in life, it's, this is minimal compared to life. But this is how it happens in life, too. If you don't believe me, like drive the 405 freeway, right? The 605. You know, you get on the freeways and all of a sudden things within you start to come out. When people do things you don't like, right? Can I get an amen? Yeah. Right? It's true that this happens. This thing just, it just comes out. What we're going to be looking at in this series is why do the things come out of our mouths and the things that we feel and things that frustrate us, what's going on there? What's going on behind the scenes? What's going on within us that causes us to do the things that we do? Sometimes that we regret. Sometimes that we're embarrassed by. Sometimes that we just are overwhelmed with. I can't believe I did that. So that's what we're going to be looking at. Now, the interesting thing is culture is actually picking up on this as well. And there's always been a part of the media and culture. Everyone's trying to figure out human behavior. Why do people do what they do? And there's actually a movie coming out by Pixar called Inside Out. And it's actually a really creative look at what goes on inside of us. So we're going to look at that today and then spring forward here. So, how was the first day of school? It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Do you ever look at someone and wonder, what is going on inside their head? Did you guys pick up on that? Sure did. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong. We're going to find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. Ahem. <clears throat> Uh-oh, she's looking at us. What did she say? What? Oh, oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? Signal him again. Ah, so, Riley, how was school? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot? School was great, all right? What was that? I thought you said we were going to act casual. Riley, is everything okay? Ugh. Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. All right, make a show of force. I don't want to have to put the foot down. No, not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude. Oh, no, 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 breathe. What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. DEFCON 2. I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pop? Yeah. Well, look. Prepare the foot. Keys to safety position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. Just shut up. Fire. That's it. Go to your room. The foot is down. The foot is down. Good job, gentlemen. That could have been a disaster. Well, that was a disaster. Come, fly with me, Gatinha. 
see that? That's a, a, a little bit of a trailer. It's about a minute and a half long. But what you just saw there, that happens in split seconds. That's what happens in life. We have just all these things going on within us. And, it, and we're reacting. They're reacting. All, everyone's reacting. And they're all reacting to each other. And we don't just have ideas and then they just come out. They, they're from actually deep within us. And in this, you, you're getting this kind of look at what's going on inside. And they're talking about what's going on in the side of the mind. Actually, in the scriptures, there's actually a little bit different of a picture. There's a lot of stuff going on within us, but it's not so much just what's going on in our mind. It's actually what's going on inside our heart. And when you dig into the scriptures, you get a sense that the heart really is what everything flows out of. What we do and what we say flows out of our heart. Because of that, the scriptures actually give us a warning and a challenge to protect and to guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says this, guard your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. Okay, you get the sense that this heart that we have is, is more than just an organ. Okay, we're supposed to take care of it by eating right on the physical aspect. We're supposed to take care of our heart. If your heart's bad, your, your life is bad. But there's more going on there. This is not just talking about physical health as much as it is everything that goes into your heart is going to cause some things to happen. And so there's that word vigilance. It's like sentinels guarding a castle. You're supposed to be on guard. You blow away thoughts and feelings and things that are going to get in there and cause you to have a lot of problems. But here's the issue about our heart. Everything kind of flows out of it like a reservoir. It just flows out of our life. Thoughts, feelings, strategies, reactions, words, all the things that we do and say actually come. From our heart. We actually make decisions out of our heart. Now, our mind is involved, but what you find in the scriptures in this idea of guarding your heart, you guard it because it's like the cockpit of your life. Just like on a plane, they have to guard the cockpit. No one can get just in there. Because if you get in the cockpit, you, you can fly the plane. The same is true in life. Whatever gets into the heart directs the life. That's why we're supposed to guard it. But, but here's the issue. While we're supposed to guard it by wrong thoughts... And different actions, we actually already have some things going on in our heart that are intruders that cause a lot of problems for us already. So while we're supposed to guard it, there's already some things in there that aren't helpful for us. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Kind of the things in our heart that are going to cause problems for us. And then what the Bible says about what we can do about that. So we're going to dig in. We have three heart problems that are sad. Okay, we all do. Three heart problems that are sad. The word sad there, that's an acrostic. The S is for selfish. The A is for arrogant. And the D is for damaging. All of us, because of sin, have these three things that are in our hearts from the day that we're born. Now, as you're a baby and you're really cute and you're in your parents' arms, parents aren't looking at their babies thinking, you're really sad. Well, you may be if they're hungry and they're crying. But you're not thinking selfish, arrogant, and damaged. But at an early age, you can see kids that are toddlers, they kind of have a sense of selfishness, don't they? Take a toy from a toddler, what happens? Mine. How do they know it's mine? Don't they know their parents bought that for them? Is it really theirs? What does that flow from? Just an idea that that belongs to them? Well, it actually flows from selfishness. And so we're going to be looking at how do these three things work itself out? So there's a description of the heart in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. It says this, 
The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So there's just this picture in the scripture that we just have a lot of problems going on in our heart. And it's not just because of what you've done or because of what have I done or what's been done to us. It's because of sin. We live in a broken world and therefore we kind of have these broken hearts, all of us. And once the selfishness and the arrogance and the damage is in there, it, again, it causes lots of problems. And they turn into these strategies that we have in life. But selfishness is something that causes real problems for us. Anytime there's a conflict, most of the time it can be rooted back to selfishness. Somebody wants something that they didn't get. They're around somebody else that wanted something else that they didn't get. And all of a sudden, that's how conflict happens. Uh, Proverbs 22:15 talks this description of, of folly. It says, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. That word folly there is foolishness. Specifically, that means it's a stubborn self-centeredness. So what the Bible is saying is, at a young age, even as a child, you have this stubborn self-centeredness. That's selfishness. You have this. And it's described as being bound up in the heart. The idea that it's tied up, it's knotted. There's a knot on your shoelaces. That, that's stuck in there. It's hard to get undone. Same is true with our heart. There's this selfishness that all of us have deep within us that's really focused on ourselves, what we can get, what we want. And selfishness is a stubborn self-centeredness that says, I want my way. You see that. You see that at the sample line at Costco. You see that at traffic on the freeway. I want my way. That's selfishness. But there's another part of the sad heart, and that's, that's arrogance. Okay? Arrogance has a little bit different kind of connotation to it. Selfishness is, I, I want my way. That means on my day off, I want to do certain things. And as long as everyone wants to do these certain things as well, it's going to go well. That may be, I want a fun day out. Maybe want, I want a calm day in. Maybe I want to sleep in. But when things don't go our way, our selfishness, we, we start to battle within us. The next thing is, is arrogance. Check out this scripture in Ecclesiastes 9.3. It says, also, this is another description of the heart. The hearts of the children of man are full of evil. And madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. So if you're like me, you're getting a little bit description of the heart than maybe you've kind of heard most of your life, right? Because culture is follow your heart. Believe in your heart. Whatever makes sense in your heart. What the Bible is saying is be careful. Because what's in your heart? They've got some problems in there. Those problems have to be dealt with. Selfishness and arrogance. Arrogance here is that word madness that you see on that verse. Madness. It's the idea that self-praise. That's what arrogance is. It actually comes from halela, the word in the Hebrew, which is what the Old Testament is written in. Sounds a lot like hallelujah, which is to praise God's name. Well, halela is arrogance, which is self-praise. Instead of using our breath to praise God, we use our breath to praise ourselves. And the scriptures describes that as madness. You can't praise yourself when you have a God that's worthy of it. But that's what happens with arrogance. Arrogance is this idea of, I, I want my own way. It's very important to me. 
and I deserve it. And so these things play out in life again. When something doesn't go your way, like if you wanted to sleep in and you got woken up. One, you wanted your way, you wanted to sleep in. And when that didn't happen, we get frustrated. But what starts to happen with arrogance is, well, I, I deserve to sleep in. I've worked really hard this whole week. I'm tired. I've done everything I need to do to be able to sleep in. And you just, you start to get frustrated. You start to get frustrated. It flows from selfishness to just, I deserve it. Not only do I want it, but I deserve it. And it can cause a lot of problems. The third heart problem is, is damage. So you have selfishness, you have arrogance, and then you have damage. Damage is actually, we, we want to harm people. Now, I don't know what your kind of growing up life has been like. and I don't know if you've gotten a lot of fights before. But have you ever kind of been so frustrated at somebody, you just thought, I just want to punch you in the nose right now. Now, don't show hands. Okay. But there's just a part of us where if somebody does something to us that really, really gets us angry. There's just a part where. I don't want to hurt you. But if you do that again, I will. I don't want to cause pain for you, but if you say that one more time, you see in the movies, isn't it just like, say it one more time, and you're just kind of, it's going to be a fight, fight, fight. And you know, you, you get all pumped, but in real life, that's, that's no joking matter. That's what happens. People get to the point where they want their way, they think they deserve it, and if you get in their way, I don't want to have to hurt you, but, but I will. Now, it's not all, always physical. We can cause damage emotionally to people. We can cause damage by just writing people off, giving an attitude, deciding that we're done with them because of what they've done. And what you find is all these things kind of tangle, and that's where you get this bound-up folly, this stubborn self-centeredness which leads into this idea of arrogance. And the second, that Ecclesiastes 9 is also uh, for damaging, if you see up here on the screen. It says, also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil. That evilness is, is the damage. You get to the point where you're so frustrated because people aren't doing what you want them to do. And you think you deserve it so much. That actually can lead you to make some choices. That could be so detrimental to your life and the person that you want to inflict damage on, whether emotionally, whether physically, what, whatever it is. And we lash out. Because this stuff is just so deep within our hearts. It's a part of our heart. And this is, this is how revenge starts. This is how we want to kind of settle the score. And oftentimes there's a part of us where we're like, yes, settle the score. But in real life, when you live like that, your relationships are, are, are not enjoyable at all. And so this is really the, the backdrop for what we're going to be talking about in this series. This series is called Fools on Parade. So these three core problems, selfishness, selfishness arrogance, and damage, they actually lead to certain foolish patterns that can just wreck all sorts of havoc on our life. Okay, so these things are in our hearts, and they actually kind of form these strategies. Because if you want something really bad, and you think you deserve it, then you begin to think, how can I get it? Think back to something that you wanted so bad. Usually that's not passive, right? If you really want it, really want something, you think, how can I get it? Oftentimes we don't think, should I? Should I get it? It's, it's how can I? 
And we begin to kind of strategize. And what happens in over time, the selfishness, the arrogance and the damage, they actually lead to full blown foolish patterns, foolish living. And folly is really living life without God. In any sort of sense of my thinking, my acting, everything I do, God is not a factor. That's what foolishness is. And that's the description of the fool. The fool says in their heart, there is no God. So at the root of foolishness, there's just this idea that there's not really a God that I need to consider. There's not a God that I need to get to know. There's not a God that I kind of have to think, how would he feel about this decision? The fool doesn't, doesn't care. Because when we're foolish and when the sadness or the selfishness, sorry, the arrogance and the damage, when they just drive us and drive us and drive us, we actually lead to some terrible patterns of life. And this is what you find in the description of the foolish person. Now, in the Hebrew, there are actually nine variations of the word folly, which is foolishness. So if you hear, hear the word folly, that means foolishness. In English, we have one word for folly, and it's folly. But in the Hebrew, there is actually these nine variations. And there's a man called Harold Bullock, which is a mentor to a lot of people in our congregation. But he did a study for many years looking at how do we take the nine versions of the word folly in the Hebrew and kind of come up with this system for what foolishness means for us in English. And so what he did is he spent many years doing this. And what he's done, he's saying, okay, how does this selfishness, this arrogance, and how does this damage actually kind of translate into strategies in life? And they're actually like faces of folly, faces of foolishness. And so I'm going to introduce you to these, and then we're going to be talking about these uh, for the next few weeks. So these are five fools that we meet in the Bible, which over time, when our selfishness and our arrogance and our damage, if that doesn't get dealt with before God, it leads to to these things. First fool we're going to look at, we're going to start this next week, is the easy way fool. This fool wants the easy way no matter what. This strategy in life that promises more than it can deliver. Okay, I, I have big plans, I have big ideas, but as long as it's easy, I'm into it. If it means I have to work for it, I don't want to do it. So the easy way fool. Okay? Uh, the second is the reactive way fool. Uh, this strategy uses anger, manipulation, and whenever we attempt to control others through our emotions, we chase people off. There's just this sense of, if you don't do what I want, I'm going to react, and you're going to feel my wrath. The reactive way fool, they react when they don't get their way. Third type of fool that you find in the Bible is the fun way fool. This strategy totally ignores the warnings of life and it leads you to just doing some things that are really destructive. You can be impulsive. But the main thing you're considering is not is this a wise decision or fool's decision, but is this fun? Is this fun? I know for myself, the fun way, I, I think about a lot. If I had a choice between something that's fun and not fun, I usually lead towards fun. I think we all would. But this strategy is really like the feeling of being entertained. And just the feelings that we have and the impulsiveness that, that drives us. This is the fun way, fool. Uh, the glory now, fool. Uh, this strategy is in play when we aim to be the center of attention. Like right now, we want everyone to look at us, honor us, praise us. 
When arrogance doesn't get checked, even at a young age, arrogance grows up. It leads to the glory now fool. You want glory. You know, other people can get some praise, but as long as you get the most, that's what that fool's thinking. And the last one is the predatory fool. If damage doesn't get dealt with that idea of when you're frustrated and you don't want to hurt people, but if they get in your way one more time, you will. If that's not dealt with at a young age and trained out of you. Actually, this is it's something that you just have to battle. But this this leads to the predatory. This is the most dangerous strategy. We're going to be looking at the last week of this series. So the, these five you'll see on the front of your program. If you turn to the front of your program, uh, we have a, a great artist within our congregation called Ian Dale. And he has created these characters to represent those five fools. And like I said, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at each one of these. So just for fun, see if you can match those five words to which character is which. Okay. Who do you think's the selfie? What is it? Glory. Yeah, that's the easy. I'll give you that one. See if you can recognize any others. Okay, yellow shirt. What do you think? Easy way, right? He's just, life is good as long as my feet don't have to move and I just can stand here. Okay, what about the one next to, to the easy way? Orange shirt. Reactive. The eyebrow. Says it all. Uh, what about the uh, the blue? What is it? Fun. And then we got selfie, glory. And then the shady character in the back there. Anytime you walk around like this, there's some things going on that you might be scared of. Okay. But the, these we're going to be looking at. But this idea of, of fools on parade, it really is something that when you begin to kind of have a category for how foolishness looks, uh, it's actually not for us to just be able to identify in others. It's actually for us to be able to identify in ourselves. In each one of us, we have probably a favorite fool that we identify with, a favorite strategy. I do, you do, and we all do. Because again, the selfishness and arrogance and damage is real. And in fact, selfishness, we can become less selfish. And like we read in the scriptures, a parent's job is to really allow a child to see that they're not the center of the universe. So you actually can, that can be driven out of you. You you become less selfish. But the arrogance and the damage, that's something that you actually have to battle your whole life. So this stuff is is real to all of us. If you don't believe it, just what happens when you don't get your way? Or what happens when you have a goal and you really want something so bad? That's when these begin to happen. So I really appreciate Ian uh, creating this picture because it really kind of describes a lot of what we're going to be talking about. So what, what happens? We have this, this sadness that's in us, and then that leads to strategies, leads to these foolish ways of, of living. But what, what do we do? Well, we actually have to do something, because if not, what flows out of a sad heart, it causes life-dominating problems. So if you don't deal with the selfishness, the arrogance, and damage, you're, you're going to have, actually over time, a, a miserable life. And the people you relate to, uh, they're going to experience that as well. So this is something that, that God doesn't want us to speak. Well, that's how we are. Done that my whole life. 
That's just how they are. That's just how I am. You got to deal with it. Actually, there's so much more to life when you follow the Lord Jesus. Because he allows you, despite the strategies, despite the sadness that is in our hearts, he allows us to change. And when God enters your life, he enters your heart. He gives you new, new direction. And so I'm going to read a scripture that really shows what walking with the Lord Jesus protects us from. This is found in James 4. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. This is what happens when we're just left with our own heart without God's help. Quarrels, fightings, fightings? Is that a word? Maybe. Jury's still out. But all this stuff, it just problem after problem after problem. What the scripture is saying is what, what causes this? Your, your heart causes it. And there's this picture of you, you don't consider God. And that's at the core of foolishness again. You don't consider God. And if you do consider him, you think, how can God get me what I want? Which reinforces the selfishness. And when you don't get it, you get really disappointed. You get frustrated which kind of supports the arrogance because we think we deserve it. So all these things happen because we, we don't ask God for help. So have you ever been in an argument and it's just been this whirlwind and you're just reacting to them and they're reacting to you and you just leave and you're like, what, what just happened there? Why did I do that? Why did they do that? And you just feel the sting of it. It flows from our hearts. It just didn't happen. It actually was purposeful. Because we all want what we want. So the good news is, God wants to help us. Because what flows from this trouble and this quarreling and the fighting and the disappointment from not getting what we want, we, we experience trouble, we experience animosity, all these things in our relationships. These are just ripples that just carry on. There's this current that happens in our life. It's, we don't want a life like that. We'd all agree. But to deal with the trouble, to deal with the animosity, and to deal with the frustration in life, you have to deal with your heart. You can't just deal with changing your behavior. Because what you do and what I do flows from our heart. So to actually change, we have to deal with our heart. And the only way we can fix our life is we need to fix our heart. And that comes from walking with God. Recently, um, I came home from work. And before I knew it, I, I had kind of an expectation of how I wanted coming home from work to look like. You may have this too, expectations. It's just the way you want things to go. We all do. You have an expectation of what's going to happen after church, tonight, tomorrow morning. What tends to happen is when our expectations don't come the way we want, this is where we kind of see what's going on inside us. So recently I came home and I wanted to, to just come home and... Just be at peace and just sit down and do whatever I want to do. 
I want some pita chips, maybe a little TV. And I got home and I remembered, oh, yeah, I'm a dad and I have three kids. And like they're a big part of my life. And they actually may want their dad and some attention. But I had an expectation like I just kind of wanted to be off, you know, the weekend, right? So I got home and all of a sudden I just went in this mode of like, okay, kids, you, you need to do what I want you to do. And so I just began to look at everything they were doing and just picking at it like, all right, that needs to be cleaned up right there. Let's get that. Let's get that in the, the room. Come on, get your shoes. All right. Whose is this? And I, I went in a full on like boss mode. Let's get these employees in line. To get this in order because I want to relax, but I can't relax when it's disorderly. So I was fired up and all of a sudden, like they began to get just kind of frustrated. Like, Man, what, what's what's going on? They weren't saying this because they're, they're young, but I could sense they're frustrated. And then I'm frustrated because they're frustrated. I told you to do it. Let's go. And I was like dictator mode. And if you've ever been a parent, you kind of can relate to this. It doesn't go well in dictator mode. Because they need parents. They need dads, they need moms. They don't need dictators. And what I realized is I was creating this environment, this atmosphere, which was based solely on what I wanted. I had a picture. And it was creating all sorts of problems because people weren't lining up with it. It's all sorts of frustration. There was fighting and there was just this, this animosity. And I take a step back and it was like, I'm being selfish. I just want my expectation to come true. But I didn't think that. I wasn't driving home like, I'm going to be selfish tonight. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be selfish and I'm going to think I deserve it. And I may inflict some damage if I don't get it. You man, that'd be a freaky conversation with somebody. What are you going to do tonight? Be selfish? <laughs> awesome. No, but it, that's what's going on in our heart, right? It's there. And it causes us to do and say things. So here, here's, here's the good news. All of us are dealing with this. And again, to look at foolishness, you have to look at wisdom. And to look at wisdom, you have to look at God. Because that's where wisdom comes. The source of how life works. So here's, here's the good news to our problems of our hearts. God gives us the solution. He wants to change our heart and show us the way of wisdom. That's what God does. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this verse, but Proverbs 9 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. The fear of the Lord. That's the opposite of the fool says there is no God. The fear of the Lord is what does God want me to do in this situation? What does God want me to say? In this situation, what does God not want me to say? What does God not want me to do? You're considering him. He's not just an idea. He's the fact. He's the main factor in what you do and say. That's the fear of the Lord. You're taking him seriously. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Okay, I'm considering him and I get insight for me for by me. Your days will be multiplied. It's talking about wisdom personified and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. It's a description of wisdom and foolishness. A scoffer is somebody who mocks. There's no God. I can do whatever I want. The wise person says, well, actually there is. If I consider him, I get insight. Actually, life becomes known to me. I can see clearly. There's clarity. And so what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks 
is how the fruit of this is actually real. If you choose the way of folly and your foolish strategy and your sad heart, you are entering on a path that will lead you to a destination. But at the end of that path is not wisdom. It's not insight. It's foolishness. The same is true. If you decide I need to consider God, I need to factor him into my life and my decision making. You are on a path and it's the path of wisdom that begins with the fear of the Lord. He exists. He made me. He wants to know me. I need to know him. As you do that, you're on the path of wisdom. At the end of the path is not foolishness. It's wisdom. You get the fruit of wisdom. So each path, there's fruit. The scoffing is is bitter. It doesn't sustain. And it's destructive. The way of wisdom. It gives you sustenance. You're nourished. And it's pleasing to you. And so I hope you can come next week and kind of join us on this journey as we see where, really where these, these paths go. But it begins with the fear of the Lord. So as I wrap up, the band can come up. And there's just a few next steps I want to encourage you to take. Uh, the first is, if you pull out your connection card, you'll see these next steps on there. Go ahead and mark it. And then we're going to be receiving our offering. You can drop that completed connection card in there. So here's the first thing. You might just want to ask God to show you the connection between the frustration you may be facing in a relationship, at work, um, in school, whatever you're facing, and you, you find some frustration. Ask God to make a connection between your frustration and the selfishness, the arrogance, and the damage. Okay? The second step is maybe you've realized that you, you really don't fear God and you don't factor him into your life. And you'd like to learn more about what that is. Or you'd like to decide today to do that, to Turn to him, consider him, and actually do life his way. If you've never done that and committed your life to follow Jesus and invited him into your heart to guide you, you you can make that decision today. And if you mark that on your connection card, we'll send you some stuff and we'll we'll get in contact with you so you know what that means for your life. And so you may want to check that. And the last next step, if you just don't know anything else to do, come next week. Just attend the rest of the series. So let's pray and we're going to Sing back to God, and then we're going to receive our offering. Pray with me. God, thank you so much for the fact that in you we have the solution to our problem. And we don't have to be left to ourselves and our own strategies. We actually can experience a new way. And so I ask that you'll allow us to see the things within us that we don't talk about, but we know are causing problems for us. And God, help us before you to just admit that, that we need your help. And so I, I ask just for strength and insight as we do that. In the name of Lord Jesus, amen.